HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by EscapeMaker.com. Visit a farm. Escape through the net. Visit EscapeMaker.com for more. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners. It is Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. I'm in a shipping container in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and that means it is time for Tech Bites. Every Monday on Tech Bites, we talk about the intersection of food and technology. It's not about cooking technology, immersion circulators, and calcium alginates. It's more about social media, the web, apps, and digital tech. If you like this program, come visit us at heritageradionetwork.org. There are thousands more like them. Today on the show, I say this every week at the beginning of the show, I'm really excited about my guests. They're interesting and amazing. And truly, truly, I love my guests today. We're going to be talking about music in restaurants with DJ Timka. Hello, hello. And Chef Laurent Gras. Hi, everyone. <laughs> So at the top of every show of Tech Bites, before we get into the meat of the episode, we start every show like a good meal with an appetizer, and we go around the studio and talk about our favorite apps, things we've discovered, and things we like. So we will throw it out first to Declan, our radio intern. Declan, how are you today? I'm, I'm all right today. I'm a little exhausted. I was at Governor's Ball all weekend doing coverage for Heritage. Well, it's good that you are working, but you're too young to be exhausted. You can be tired later when you're 40. Okay. Sleep when you're dead. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think I would, you know, this is one that everybody knows, but I sort of got into using Twitter over the weekend because one of my assignments while I was at Governor's Ball was to do social media posts. So I had to do three pictures a day and three tweets a day. And um, I don't know. I really, I've never really used Twitter before. It's not something that I use a lot, but I got really into it. It's a lot of fun to just like tweet stuff and see what everybody else is talking about. I don't know. It was a lot of fun, and I discovered something new that I didn't know about. So, yeah. That's great. So, which handles are you tweeting under? I was tweeting under Govball NYC and Heritage Radio, and also Festival Foods because I was. Oh, oh, handles. Oh, I was just tweeting under, uh, tweeting under my handle, which is just uh, Declan Christenberry. 
So, yeah. <laughs> Jack is in the back explaining the youngster the difference between handles and hashtags. <laughs> I don't know any of this stuff. This is not like my area of expertise. <laughs> That's okay. We can make you a social media expert by the time you're done here. Well, you know, the kids know Snapchat and stuff. We can't figure that out. So. <laughs> It'll be a multi-generational learning experience. Exactly. What's your app for us today, Jack? So my app today is called Periscope. I'm seeing so much of this everywhere. It's a live streaming video app. Um, I was first introduced to it by Leigh Sue, one of our hosts. She came in here with a ridiculous spiral selfie stick that she set up on the table and pointed the camera at herself and was live video streaming the show. And I was like, that's interesting. Um, and it turns out a lot of companies are using this for concerts, for conferences, um, you know, news, all kinds of stuff. So actually, while Declan was at GovBall, I was able to watch what was happening there on the app. And um, I think I, I also watched the uh, the Triple Crown happen, the Belmont Stakes, on this app. So very interesting. It kind of feels like a Wild West thing. Like once once people catch on, fewer things will be allowed. Right. You know. But right now, it's 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 that it's a interesting time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll have to get on that. Maybe we'll start periscoping tech bites. Totally. Timka, do you have a app you like now? Uh, yeah, I would definitely say it's Mixcloud, which is. Um really good for a lot of people that are you know putting out their own mixes and uh, as well as musicians that want to put out their own songs it allows you to do it in a way that all the songs that you include in your mix get um, categorized and and licensed properly so that each artist within the mix gets the music that they or the, the royalties for the music that they deserve and um it's just a very laid-back simple app to use and you get followers you get metrics so you can see who's using you know who's following you who's listening how many hits you're getting from what areas you're getting the hits so it's just a it's one of those good kind of apps that keeps you in the know with all your listeners it also sounds very much like the business end of music yeah it's, it's become that you know uh you know i was using soundcloud before that and that was one of those things that went to business they got so business that you couldn't even post a mix anymore because they would say oh you have a song in your mix that's not yours and that's a copyright infringement which is ridiculous because every DJ plays other people's songs in their mix, so obviously they're going to be using other people's songs. And Mixcloud found a way around that, um, whereas SoundCloud just started blocking your mixes, so people stopped using it. And now that's that's a perfect example of getting too corporate in the music end of things. So found a way around it, but actually kind of embraced it and then called it out and then just yeah. pushed the information to the people who would ring the register and give yeah. the credit. Absolutely, absolutely. So and what's the name of that one again? Uh, it's Mixcloud. Mixcloud.com, but the app, you know, you just download it and, you know, you make your own account and have your followers. It's, it's really great. They should invent something like that for recipes, where chefs can get credits and royalties for the little pieces of their recipes that yeah, other people absolutely. are appropriating into their mixes. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Laurent, do you have an app that you like? Yeah, I love uh, Strava, uh, which I'm using for cycling. It's, um, it's an app that uh, retrieves all of the information, um, and you can... Uh, monitor your rides, your races, you can be part of a community, you can compete on segments um, and build some relationship with people directly through Strava, which is great. The interesting thing about Strava, I've, I've seen the uh, Strava site, it's both for cycling and for running, and it connects to your GPS on your... On your Garmin or on your iPhone. And so it tracks your ride on a map, and then everybody who rides the same ride, or you can go to the Strava site and look for routes or 
you know, trails or races that other people ride and follow, which is good if you're traveling sometimes too. Yeah, it's great. It's a great tool. So Strava, and it's a little bit like Facebook for cyclists and runners where you can follow people. What's your handle on Strava? My hand? Your long gra on Strava? Yeah. Okay. So if anybody wants to follow his Strava. <laughs> Today my app is a little bit of, um, it's an app that I'm enviously looking at. It's the USA Pavilion American Food 2.0. It's the American app for the Milan Expo 2015, which is happening right now, which is the new name for the World's Fair. And it is happening now until the end of October. And the app is free. It's for Android and for iPhone. And it has everything from real-time, day-to-day events and photos that are happening and social media and the menus at the food trucks and the restaurants and the brunches and it looks like there's really a lot of fun things happening and i'm envious and i really want to go so i've been watching the expo from a distance via the app hoping that maybe i get to go to milan before it closes at the end of october (laughs) hint hint (laughs) (laughs) if anybody's listening So today we are talking about music in restaurants, and it's a good day to talk about that. It's the Apple Developers Conference, and they're going to be releasing a lot of different pieces of news. And one of the things that I think has really impacted music in restaurants was the invention of the iPod back in 2001. Before that, I think music was paid services that brought playlists to restaurants, it was live music and things like that. But now we're really in an age of the iPod DJ and a lot of different things. So Timka has been a DJ in restaurants since 2006, and prior to that was really your classic DJ in lounge and dance floor and things like that. So mm-hmm. Timka, what has been, you think, the evolution of music in restaurants over the past few years? Um, I think actually it's even going beyond iPods now. It's going to like streaming services like um, Pandora, um, Spotify, where <clears throat> when I used to do the iPods, you would have people that would come to you and say, look, I need a playlist. Can you put it on this iPod for me? And, you know, you would charge them for the time you're spending to select the music for them. Now it's more like, oh, well, I can just type in the name of my favorite, you know, restaurant and like Buddha Bar has its own playlist. Bam, there you go. And now you created a Buddha Bar channel on Spotify or um, Pandora for a fraction of the cost that it would cost, you know, to, to do an iPod or to do a curated playlist. So it's moving in that direction of live streaming. The only downside to live streaming is, of course, if your internet for some reason goes down, you're you're kind of in trouble. But um, that's, the, that's the direction I see it going, and more and more so. So you currently, you DJ at Buddha Bar along with Hakkasan. Budokan, yeah, Budokan, yeah. Budokan, Hakkasan, and Tao. I used to play Buddha Bar back in the day. So... Who, how, how does, if, if, if you put up a playlist on, you know, Spotify or Pandora mm-hmm. and somebody streams that for free, is somebody making money somewhere? The, the people making money are the, uh, the actual artists of the songs that are being played. Um, I think you can find ways to make money um, through third party, um, you know, like advertising. If, the, if you have enough followers, for example, on Spotify, there's these curators on Spotify that have tens of thousands. It's kind of like Instagram, but for music. And the more followers they have, the more likely some sponsor is going to pay them um, because of their access to all the, all those people that are listening to their playlists, or for that record, for that matter, record labels will pay them, you know, to play one of their artist songs. You know. So that's great in terms of getting a playlist, but what mm-hmm. you lose is the the actual person who's going to read the feeling of the room and be spontaneous Precisely. and. Mm-hmm. 
that's something that I feel is lost art in a way. Walking into a room, like if someone says, can you make me a playlist? The first thing I ask them is, well, if I can't go to their actual location, I say, can you send me pictures of what it looks like? Can you describe what's on the menu? Can you describe the kind of clientele that you anticipate having? Because that all... I'll just go into my, I'll create a mental image of that whole room and the people in there and the whole aspect. And, and then I'll start going through my playlists of my library and, and pulling songs into folders that correspond to what I would want to have or imagine being played as I'm there. And of course, the best thing is after you've done all that and you go there and you experience it live, you can do some fine tuning tweaks in the case I did uh, when I came to L2O and that, that going in there, there's nothing, nothing beats being there physically. Um, to really feel out the room and the people and everything. So, yeah, that's definitely something that's being lost and being replaced with this whole live streaming thing. But, of course, it's a lot more cost-effective, so I, I understand the trade-off. So the reason why Timka and Laurent are here together, to Timka just mentioned that they collaborated on the music for L2O, which was a restaurant in Chicago that was uh, open from 2000. Seven, eight, uh, two thousand and six. No, two thousand seven. Seven, yeah. Two thousand seven and closed last year. Um, it was three star Michelin in the first Chicago Michelin Guide, and even though it was fine dining and very modern, typically fine dining restaurants don't have music. But you were very specific about wanting to have music in the restaurant. Yeah, I think uh, you know music has a very positive energy, and I think that if you use music as a complement to the experience. I think it's very great for consumer and customer. Did you feel like that was breaking a fine dining rule or a Michelin rule to put music into the no, dining room? No, I, I, you know, that wasn't the goal. I mean, the goal was to make f- people feel very comfortable. And I think the whole experience uh, from L2O was, was designed around that, that people will come and will feel very comfortable. And I think music is part of it. So music is an interesting thing, much like cooking, where people have a reaction and an experience and and work with it sort of on the day-to-day basis. I cook, I eat food, I think I can maybe work in a restaurant, I listen to music, I put together my own playlist, I think maybe I could be a DJ. Why not? <laughs> Why not? So, Lauren, you are very interested in music and listen to a lot of music. What did you have in your mind when you thought about restaurant music and when you had your first conversations with Timka? Well, uh, you know, I think I appreciate uh, Tim talents and uh, friendship, uh, and I think that was the the start of it. it. It's very difficult to, you know, do something when you don't have the relation, the relationship that make you feel comfortable to do, you know, something which is new to wrestle. And I think we, you know, agree on 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 how music should be played, uh, the level of music, the sounds, uh, the beat. And Timka has been very supportive, and I've been very supportive to Timka Talents and said, you know, whatever you feel is appropriate, you know, you're free to do it. Mm-hmm. So he has a full feel in front of him, no constraint, um, just for me the appreciation of his talent. And that was really uh, the relationship. Yeah, I have to say that was a really nice experience working with you because it's the first time I've really had sort of a, an exciting new in the past working with brands like Buddha Bar you already have a preset uh, sort of music um, identity that you're conforming with and enhancing and adding to but in the case with Laurent it was just this new project that I could pretty much do what I want obviously keeping in mind everything the aesthetics of the restaurant the the menu and and everything so it was it was a really 
fun and exciting project to do and the fact that Laurent placed so much trust in me made it even easier because I knew that it, it made it personal for me it, I, I felt invested in the project and um, I was really happy with how it came out and of course there's always fine tuning that happens and that's all part of the process but um, so when you started off you know it was fine dining it was a seafood restaurant it was very modern it was Laurent so it had a lot of his personality and characteristics when you you know, talked about doing the music at that period in time. You talked about it being um, an acoustic wallpaper and having certain parameters to the kind of music you were you were looking to play. So, can you describe a little bit how you came to define those parameters and and what was the final articulation? Well, I remember we had a discussion at one point. It's like, do we want to have any vocals in in the playlist? And I think it was kind of through a bit of trial and error, we yeah. decided it's better to not have any vocals. Let's have it all be ambient. And at the end of the day, for me, especially in a restaurant environment, especially in a fine dining environment, the, the, the music should never overpower or be the center focus of the dining experience. It should simply act as kind of a, like we were talking about, a sonic wallpaper to enhance everything, to enhance the whole overall dining experience. And it's not even something you even really consciously notice while you're eating. It's something you just, you know, you're enjoying yourself and you're having a great evening. If, if anything, I think you notice bad restaurant DJ or bad restaurant music because it becomes like a focus like oh this music is throwing me off if if the music's great you just had a great evening you don't even think that the fact there was music there just enhanced the food and everything else you're doing the conversation and that's really what it's about is is just showcasing I mean the food and, and why why people are there to experience that that's an interesting point to say that when the music music becomes noticeable then right. it can sort of lean on the plus side or the minus side there are some restaurants who have been taken down a star or gotten a lesser review because the critic thought the music was too loud or not appropriate mm-hmm. or didn't match mm-hmm. or you know they didn't like it or yeah. you know conversely sometimes people say oh wow the playlist was so wonderful it really contributed to my experience and my enjoyment mm-hmm. of the restaurant absolutely um this is actually a great point for us to listen to some music hopefully that's going to enhance our radio experience and find out who the tech bite sponsors are Log on to escapemaker.com for more ideas on local weekend getaways and day trips, including orchards, farms, and wineries. Or come by Escapemaker's Yellow Tent in Grow NYC's Green Markets and pick up a guide to local agritourism escapes to the Green Market's own farmers and producers. The guide will be updated seasonally 
to feature farms, wineries, and destinations in New York City, New York State, New Jersey, Vermont, and Pennsylvania. Plus, Escape Maker will offer overnight packages to these destinations so you can get the full experience. No car? No problem. Escape Maker features plenty of ideas for car-free getaways, including discounts via Amtrak. There's no better time to explore outside the city. Soak up the fresh air and scenery like a butterfly and support your local farmer. Log on to escapemaker.com to get inspired and make your escape through the net. Well, if you've just tuned in and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bites on heritageradionetwork.org. And today we are talking about music and restaurants with DJ Timka and Chef Laurent Gras. If you want to check out some of Timka's music, you can find him on mixcloud.com backslash DJ Timka, T-I-M-K-A. And if you want to find out what Laurent Gras is up to these days, you can find him at laurentgrasconsulting.com. So we have the two of them in the studio today because they collaborated on music for the fine dining restaurant L2O. And they were talking about the collaborative process, which is a little bit unusual for fine dining because typically the dining rooms are silent. So, Laurent, what type of effect were you hoping that the music would put into the dining room? I think it will bring more a more relaxed atmosphere where people don't feel uh, the silence uh, and the kind of the stiffness of the silence that sometimes, you know, uh, is, is in the dining rooms, which I experienced on my early age when I was working in France in, in very classic, you know, two, three Michelin star restaurant, and I wanted to do something was a little bit more relaxed, you know, and that was really the goal of it. It's true that when you go to a restaurant, especially if you go early and you don't have the noise of the restaurant service, you can be very self-conscious talking to the people at your table because you don't want to be too loud or maybe you don't want other people to hear what you're talking about and you want to have some privacy. So if you're a restaurant that never gets really loud <laughs> during service, which most fine dining restaurants do not, <laughs> then the music sort of helps sort of wrap the diners in a little bit of, of yeah, privacy as well. It's a kind of a bounding, a bounding sound uh, that make people feel good. Yeah, social lubricant just yeah. gets the conversations flowing and everything. Yeah. So what kind of music did you wind up putting together for the restaurant? We did a lot of ambient um, music, electronica-based ambient music. We, we were about, what, 110 to 115 yeah, BPM? It, yeah, no, no more the, than that. The BPM no, never no got that, too yeah. fast. So explain that a little bit for people who don't. Beats per minute, um, you know, when you on a metronome. Um, there's different, obviously, levels. Usually when you go to a club, you're listening to uh, 120 to 130 beats per minute. Um, and um, when you're, I, we thought in a dining restaurant, we don't want to, we don't want to, we want to energize the room, but we don't want to rush people's experience. Obviously, they, we want them to enjoy the food and enjoy the whole, the whole process. So we, we, we kept everything at about 110 at the most BPM wise. And even the energy of the music itself was never um, intrusive. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of the sound was also related to, you know, seafood and water right. and yeah. winds and mm-hmm. uh, all of those natural motion, which I felt, you know, was, was very great. You know, mm-hmm. there is sounds that I really loved. Um, and, and we have very good comments from the, from the customer also who said, you know, we, we love the music here. <laughs> it was right. great. Should have put out a compilation. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, not too late. Yeah, you could do a true. greatest hit. That's true. We could. <laughs> Absolutely. And 
So you did the mu- you did the music initially for the opening, and then you were updating it seasonally right. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were doing different every what, quarter. I think it was. Yeah, every quarter. Yeah. Every quarter we're changing the we're adding. We're yeah. not changing. Adding uh, some of sound of the playlist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Subtracting a little bit and then adding to. It's always such just a just to keep things dynamic. So it's, seasonally speaking, what what are the sound points that you would add and subtract to make things more winter or more summer? Uh, I think just in the sound, you can get sounds that sound just more fresh and and, and, you know, and using these terms is so abstract sometimes. It's like when you hear fashion described, it's so abstract. But literally, when you listen to it, you feel like you're in a seashore or something to that you know, effect when you're having the summer or spring playlist. And then in the winter, you want more warm sort of things that keep you cozy, especially in Chicago. The winters are pretty crazy. So I would always... I don't know, it's kind of like those things what people can see or when they listen to something they can actually see colors as they're listening to to music. For me, I, I get feelings, obviously, when I listen to certain things. So I was going on what that song would elicit in me feeling-wise to conform it to the particular season that we were working on. And that was the first time that you had done music in a restaurant, Laurent? Yeah, no, that was the first time. And did it achieve what you wanted yeah, com- it to? Yeah, com- completely. The only thing I miss is not having music in the kitchen, <laughs> which I will redo. <laughs> that <laughs> if would I reopen be a great, the restaurant, I will that would redo, be a great idea. I will do some music in the kitchen also. I think it's, uh, it's great too. Would you have had the same? So you didn't have any speakers or any way to port the no. music from the dining room into no. the kitchen? No. Uh, we, we, we didn't think about that. But, uh, you know, looking back to it, you know, I, I felt that, that that couldn't be great. Not sure during service, but at least during the day, um, that could have been a good compliment also for the for the for the entire employees. You know, for the prepping, all the yeah. prepping you have to do. That's pretty monotonous, yeah. right? Yeah. Maybe that would have been a little faster. Definitely per minute. Obviously, <laughs> put some cielo <laughs> club beats in there. So Timka, you did have the opportunity to then go and eat in the restaurant and mm-hmm. listen to your music while mm-hmm. you were eating. So how mm-hmm. was the overall effect for you? Amazing. It was actually my first fine dining experience. Um, never actually had a, you know, five star fine dining experience with all the courses and the somali and all that. So it was, it was magical because first and foremost I'm in the hall's place and you know it's being looked after and at the same time it was very satisfying to just look around and see people enjoying themselves and then hear the music that I'd selected and that we'd selected being played and just seeing how that had an effect on the room itself and then of course some of the employees coming up make yo you made the playlist that's great we really like the music that was <laughs> for me when the employees are happy honestly that's the most important thing for me even almost more than clients because they're there all the time they hear the music Every all the day, time yeah almost. i listen i often imagine what they're listening to more than what the client is listening to because if they're happy and they're satisfied that translates over into the room into the clients and everything as well so how sensitive are you both then to music when you go out to eat yourselves I like music, <clears throat> but very often music is too loud, and you know it takes over conversation, which is really uh, what sometimes bother me. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I appreciate music, but sometimes it's just a little bit too much. Is it the volume or the type of music? Uh, both, both. I think you know sometimes the volume is too high, and sometimes the vo- the, the music is not appropriate for for the space. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's almost. It's. I guess it's. For me, it's the same thing. When I go out, I have a hard time not listening to the music just because I'm aware of it. But um, again, the times that I 
have the best moments in restaurants are when I don't notice the music, but I had a great dinner. Very similar to service. Oftentimes, right. the best restaurant service is the service that you don't really notice because mm-hmm. it's anticipating everything, because right. it's smooth, because it's so exceptional. And when you start to notice it because it's either too much or too little, then it's something that you start to notice. Absolutely, absolutely. That's there true. really is not music in fine dining, though, still to this day, in the United States and in France and not most very places. Much. No, not very much yet. You're a maverick, Laurent. <laughs> Pioneer <laughs> of the Sonic Bridge. Well, I think the maverick was due to our relationship also. Yeah. You know, so, you know, things sometimes happen, you don't plan on it, you think about it, but it just happened because you you have a relationship who make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, you, you did it. You, that you was know, a serendipitous a way, meeting. Yeah. That was a great meeting. Yeah. First time. So it also harkens to rules that you think you can break or should break or shouldn't break when it comes to restaurant experiences. A lot of times I think people, restaurant owners, critics, diners, people have an idea of what a restaurant experience should be like and we should do some things and we shouldn't do other things. And music in fine dining is is one that still seems to be sticking, though. Yeah, no, it is. I think too. When you think about it, they, you know, of all the senses we have, taste and smell and, and sound are elicit the strongest emotional reaction in people. So if you can find a way to combine them and brand that, so that and the, uh, you can really create a strong identity for your brand. So to that point, creating a strong identity for your brand, I always like to ask my guests at the end of each show for a piece of advice that they can hopefully put to use in their lives. So even though we do have all these streaming services that you mentioned, Pandora and Spotify, what if I want to build a a playlist for my restaurant or my bar to really give it some personality, but have it be something that's going to enhance it and not take away from it? What's your best piece of advice? Um, I would say know know who your clientele are. Know what, have a very clear idea of who the people are that you want to appeal to and then from there build your playlist around that um, because at the end of the day that's what's going to matter the most because they're the ones that are making or breaking your business so if you if you have a strong identity and, and understanding of what you what you want that way then that's the best way to start the playlist and then from there I think ask your friends you know hey would you do you have any music that you would want to contribute you know because that's the best way sometimes your friends will have playlists and stuff and they're always eager to contribute so you can start you know start with this start with 10 15 songs and then build and it'll snowball into a full playlist so crowdsource a little bit Mm -hmm. would you crowdsource music from your customers also that's a little tricky because everybody's everybody thinks they know what's you know best so that can be a little tricky but yeah it's something something to consider I haven't really thought about it actually is there an app for that <laughs> is there a good app to crowdsource playlists yeah it's called a jukebox <laughs> <laughs> it's called hire the DJ <laughs> right right and Laurent we have a lot at Heritage Radio Network we have a lot of people who are foodies and who are home cooks and it is barbecue season now for sure even though in New York City sometimes I think it might summer might never get here what are your best tips and recommendations for having good barbecues and cooking well on the grill because i know you've been cooking quite a lot with the wood fire and the open grill yeah you know summer you you know you tend to look at white meat like lamb chicken 
um, even veal, you know, can be uh, uh, can be nice on the on the barbecue. It, it's you know, red meat are heavier and 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 sometimes you know not 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 the best meal for for summer. You know, light rosé, uh, seasonal vegetable and. And, and you know fresh flavor you know fresh herbs uh, lemon even ginger works well on the barbecue even if, even if it's not like a, a typical you know barbecue flavor how would you use lemon and ginger on the barbecue oh, just sliced and and place over the meat while uh, it's grilling uh, and then when you flip over the meat then you know by by the natural heat of the of the meats then you capture some of the of the of the scents so it's just like a fragrance more than anything else just a little infusion yeah. of something light and fresh yeah just just fresh fresh i mean summer uh it's all about freshness you know fresh vegetable and fresh cooking and light wine light wine and fresh music <laughs> and fresh music yeah <laughs> Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to this very fresh episode with DJ Timka and Chef Laurent Gras talking about restaurant music. I want to thank them for coming out to Brooklyn to the shipping container at Roberta's Pizza. I want to thank all of the Heritage Radio Network listeners for stopping by and giving a listen. Come back and see us again next week on Monday at 1 p.m. And if you really like the show, think about going to the website, heritageradionetwork.org, clicking the heart for Donate. And throwing us, you know, five bucks or however much you spend on a cup of coffee today, that would be great. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. 